following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. Welcome to the show, everybody. Episode 874, if you can believe it, of I Doubt It Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Dollamore, joined today by the lovely, talented, and scholarly Brittany Page. You know, sometimes we get questions about what are the areas in which we are not similar or the things that we disagree. And because on the show, we tend to have a lot of agreements. We may have different approaches to things. How dare you? In different ways of being. <laughs> but on the issues largely, there is a lot of agreements. There is. And so people will ask, well, what is it that you guys don't agree on? What are some of those things? And in the moment when when you're asked that, it's kind of difficult to come up with examples, but I realized that there's there's a prominent one. <laughs> I'm just waiting. I'm why are just you shaking fucking, your head? I'm just waiting. I don't. I have no idea what it's going to be, but I know it's not going to be great. Okay, so I'm I'm going to say what the topic is, and I'm going to give two options, and I don't want you to say which one you are yet because I want the audience to, in their minds, think about which one I am and which one you are. Okay. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Well, first of all, let me say this. <laughs> You're no longer in charge of whatever the intro topic is going to be. <laughs> okay. So when we we have a restaurant that we love to go to here in D.C., it's our favorite restaurant. We go there quite often. And we have become regulars, meaning we are recognized when we go into the restaurant as people who go there often. And one of us absolutely hates that and is uncomfortable with it. And the other one loves it and thinks it's the greatest. <laughs> okay, so with that information, just in your mind as you're listening to this, which one is Brittany and which one is Jesse? Okay, and now for the reveal. Yeah, like they don't know, <laughs> like the audience doesn't know, just based on the way that you spelled it out, that you you categorized each per thing. Well, what? What? One of one of us hates it. The other one fucking loves it. <laughs> Everyone knows. And by the way, I don't love it. It's my favorite fucking thing. But it is. I think it. It's um. Uh, it's pleasant. Mm-hmm. Yes, I find it horrifying, and I don't know. Well, the why. reason it, it, it's very odd. That the reason you think it's horrifying is because you think the proprietors of the establishment hate it that they get irritated that we're there so much no you say this all the time i don't think that it's so strange you keep saying this is why you feel that way it's not i keep saying no that is not why Well, how many times have you asked the question do you think they ever get irritated that we're there so much you've asked that question so i've just extrapolated out that that's the reason you have anxiety about being a regular at a place no i just don't like being perceived <laughs> You don't like rec being recognized as a human. Like, oh, they've been here before. I just want to blend in. <laughs> Hanging out with me is not the best strategy to just blend in. Yeah. Well, I want to be I want to be um noticed but on my own terms. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and by the way, it's not like I also, or I don't like to be, to blend in, because everyone knows I don't like to be a spectacle. Mm -hmm. So it's not like being a regular gets special treatment. It's just, we like our places. Mm -hmm. Oh, we get special treatment. We get little free snacks delivered to the table. and Well, that's a benefit, but that's not why we should. It's not like if they stop giving us the free appetizer or whatever, we'd be like, fuck this, we're out. 
Mm. We love that. <laughs> right. <laughs> we love that place. Yeah. And we're not even going to name the fucking place. Well, we're going to keep it to ourselves. Yeah, yeah. That's our place. Yeah. We don't want it to get busy. <laughs> with Busier. Our, with we, our recommendation. Yeah, there's no way we can even get a reservation same day at this joint. Yeah. So it's also not like an expensive place. It's just, I, anyway, I'll, I'll accidentally give something away. That's going to indicate what it is. So... <laughs> We are are taking a little trip this weekend, too, so we're definitely not going to be recognized as regulars when we go there because neither of us have been to the city that we're going to, which is Portland, Maine. I was going to yeah, this is not a secret. And so we're, we're excited for that. We keep calling it a vacation, even though we're leaving like Friday afternoon and coming back Sunday morning. Early, like five in the morning, Sunday morning, yeah, right? Yeah, so it's very, very quick, but we haven't traveled a lot. When we came to when we did our move from Southern California to the East Coast, we had all of these plans to travel up and down the East Coast. And then some personal things happened throughout that year, including the struggles to get the operation back up and running again, basically. And COVID was still happening. COVID was still happening. Thanks a lot, cancer. Right. And so <laughs> we didn't, we didn't do that we weren't able to travel as much but now and then we got sweepy and then she wasn't able to be boarded or you know all the things yeah life happened yeah exactly and so yeah we're excited to take a little trip and even though it's brief have a little time away it'll be good i'm looking forward to it if you do have because we're going to drop this within you know 20 minutes of recording it if you have recommendations for portland maine Mm -hmm. here we are Six minutes and 22 seconds in, uh, let us know. Tweet at us at Dollamore, at Brittany E. Page, at I Doubt It Podcast. We really, you know, there's time mm-hmm. for us to get some, some, some beautiful recommendations. Yeah. If, if you have the, the secret knowledge about Portland, Maine. Yeah. One thing I'm also realizing is we're very poor about promoting ourselves. On this show specifically. So if you are not following us on social media, we are on all of the things TikTok, Twitter, threads, threads, Instagram. Jesse is at Dollamore. I am at Brittany E. Page. It Pro- didn't change like that to help you with the spelling. It didn't change in the last 40 seconds that I said it. You already said the, those things. Well, no, you said to tag us. I'm saying follow us there. Oh, follow and us. And letting right. all the different things. I'm naming all the different things. I'm just giving you shit. Okay. I'm so, excited to go on a trip. Good. So thank you to our new Patreon supporters. We want to take some time to thank you because we could not do this show without you. We couldn't take this trip to Portland, Maine without you. That is correct. And so we want to thank James Games a lot. James Games a lot. Brittany G. Brittany G. Fellow Brittany. What, Shout what? out to you. Um <laughs> See, every time you play that drop now, I think about how I have to fix it in post and editing and it stresses me out because it's one of those things that I still don't have a handle on, on fixing those drops specifically. Hmm. So don't do another one. Okay, don't do any more, especially if they're not relevant. Quit searching. Quit looking. (laughs) God damn it. Adrian S. Hello, Marcus. Adrian S. Brandy. Brandy. Amy V. H. Amy VH. Jason F. Jason F. DSJ. DSJ. And Mindy B. Mindy B. Thank you so much. You can become a Patreon supporter as well by going to patreon.com slash I doubt it podcast. One of the main benefits being that you have access to the ad free show as a Patreon supporter, whether through the RSS feed or through listening on Patreon itself so you have a choice there and you can always get the 10 percent off annual price if you pay for your membership up front for the year you get 10 percent off that price which is nice and you should definitely take advantage of that so thank you to our patreon supporters again we could not do this show without you and again since this is the theme of the show patreon.com slash i doubt it podcast So, a bit of follow-up. We have been talking about the ongoing saga in Florida Mm. with Ron DeSantis' attempts to interfere with everything, really, but education in particular, education being the main one. You know, I love, and by love I mean fucking hate, and it's scary, that they categorize what is taking place in Florida as freedom. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, we're just making it more free. There's more liberty in Florida. If you want to move to the, the freest state in the union, make it Florida. While they make draconian changes in education and abortion law and just about every other aspect of life. Yes, and that's what happened in this case, where on Wednesday, the Florida Board of Education approved a new set of standards for teachers in the state. One of these new rules prohibits teachers and staff members from telling students their personal pronouns if, quote, such preferred personal title or pronouns do not correspond to his or her sex. They also barred them from asking students what their preferred pronouns are. The proposal to change the curriculum for African-American history in K-12 schools inspired dozens of people to speak against it, with some telling the board they found the proposed changes offensive and incomplete. The rule does not include teachings about the civil rights movement or Jim Crow until students get to high school. Commenters also took offense to the proposed teaching that people who were enslaved develop skills that could sometimes be used for their personal advantage. Critics say this would teach students people benefited from being enslaved. I beg you to not add to the sin of omission that has existed in this state since its inception by adding to it the sin of commission. The ignorance of racism is found in the context of white supremacy. The arrogance of racism is found in the context of white superiority. You've heard more voices here today in opposition to what you know that you've probably already decided you're going to do. Despite the criticisms, the board passed the new curriculum changes for the teaching of African-American history. A moment to be considered. Also approved today, the banning of TikTok on school devices, as well as on personal devices that are connected to school Wi-Fi. From the studio tonight, I'm Ann Maxwell, Channel 4, The Local Station. So it's disturbing in every way that you're going to be teaching the the benefits to enslaved people during slavery, that they were able to develop skills that they could use. And what about all the good things about slavery? And then the the kids are not going to be learning about the civil rights movement until high school. Again, like, I just, this is really disturbing stuff. I mean, they want kids to be ignorant. That's the goal. Right, right. And like you said, they keep using the word freedom, but this is curtailing. This is preventing kids from having access to information, preventing them from being able to grow and expand their minds and learn about the realities of the world so that they can become educated adults that then go out into society and are able to comport themselves in a way that that helps yeah imagine being in that hearing room and getting ready to to have a vote on these these new regulations related to education imagine hearing the testimony from that man you just heard Mm -hmm. and saying ah fuck you i'm gonna vote the other way right just completely spitting in his face and whitewashing history. Well, I also love what he said that they already had their minds made yeah, up. He knew. Which is what I was thinking. I, I had another clip where they showed kind of multiple people that got up and spoke out against this. And it, it's true that the vast majority of people were saying, please, please don't do this. This is going to be a negative thing. But they already had their minds Look, made up. Look, slavery wasn't that bad because they learned to trade enslaved human beings who were systemically raped and beaten and murdered and abused and sold and traded families ripped apart ah but they got to learn how to how to farm they got to learn how to how to do a a, a skill it mm-hmm. just it's fucking gross mm-hmm. yeah florida ron DeSantis's florida and if he has his way and if Republicans who support him, and even if they don't, they, if he becomes president, he is going to try to export this po- these policies into the country on a larger scale. Right. So another thing we've been following is the abortion laws that are the abortion restrictions that are being passed across the country. And in Texas, in particular, there's a a lawsuit that has been brought by the Center for Reproductive Rights. And this is being brought by women who were denied abortions after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade last year. This lawsuit is not intended to overturn 
the the state's abortion ban, but really they are seeking a preliminary injunction on the state's abortion laws to allow for life-saving procedures. A Travis County judge is hearing arguments today about Texas's abortion law. As we first reported in March when the lawsuit was filed, a group of women and doctors are suing. They say they want the court to clarify when medical exemptions could be allowed or are allowed in Texas because they were told they couldn't end their pregnancies, even though serious complications put their lives and their health in danger. One of the plaintiffs testified today that when she was almost halfway through her pregnancy, her cervix started dilating prematurely and she began leaking amniotic fluid. She was told that miscarriage was inevitable, but because it hadn't happened yet and the baby's heart was still beating, the doctor couldn't induce labor because it would be considered an illegal abortion. She described the anguish of having the baby's heartbeat monitored. So several times I just had to listen to her heartbeat while simultaneously wanting to hear it and not wanting to hear it at the same time. Zaraski says it took three days for the baby's heart to stop beating, and during that time, she went into septic shock. She spent several days in the ICU, and as a result of the sepsis, developed several reproductive complications that could make conceiving again difficult, even with fertility treatments. She was visibly angry when the plaintiff's attorney read a statement from the state's attorneys that claimed Zaraski actually had no standing in the lawsuit since it's unlikely she'll get pregnant again and therefore won't be impacted by the state's abortion bans in the future. I mean, that's infuriating. I think it's disgusting and ironic. Do they not realize that the reason why I might not be able to get pregnant again is because of what happened to me as a result of the laws that they support? The state is asking for the case to be dismissed, saying that it stems from the plaintiffs not liking the state's restrictions on abortion. And it says that any confusion about medical exceptions on the parts of physicians is directly attributable to misinformation. The hearing is expected to continue tomorrow. What a fucking dystopian nightmare. Again, here's another example of Republican policies turning the state into a fucking hellscape. Mm-hmm. Well, and that the part of the clip where they talked about the attorney basically saying that the woman doesn't have any standing in in the lawsuit because she isn't able to have children. Yeah, I mean, imagine being the attorney reading that statement. That <laughs> I mean, the state is responsible for her current medical condition. Absolutely, without doubt, there's an unequivocal straight fucking line between the abortion ban and where she finds herself. And then they have the gall to say, yeah, but you maybe not be able to have a baby. So you really you have no say here. Yeah. So just soulless and disturbing. Um, But yeah, and hearing hearing them testify that they don't feel safe having children in Texas. This is something that you're hearing pretty often in these states that have passed abortion restrictions, abortion bans, because there are not clear guidelines set for medical professionals regarding when they can intervene in these situations. And so, yes, the goal is to prevent abortions, but what also is happening in these states is that the maternal care doctors are leaving, like we talked about last time. They're having difficulty retaining or recruiting talent to these states to replace the those doctors who are choosing to leave. And then people are not feeling comfortable having kids in these states. So that's either going to lead them to move or who knows, you know? So again, these are the ripple effects of the abortion bans that apparently Republicans didn't think about, but they are going to continue to grow and get worse. My question is, where's the uprising? Where is the the righteous fucking indignation from liberals? Where are the marches in the streets? Where are the you know they 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 talk so much Republicans talk so much about about the riots and the burning of this and the why isn't this happening in France? They try to raise the retirement age by twenty minutes and there's cars on fire. Women are dying. Women are being inexorably changed, unable to have children when they desperately want them. And it's business is fucking usual. Why are there not people camped outside of Greg Abbott's fucking house? 
Why are there not people demanding change in Florida? I just... I, I don't know. I, I don't know. This is something not to be accepted. I guess we'll see. Yeah, I don't. I feel like you're yelling at me. <laughs> no, no. I just Because um, I'm not camping out and I'm not no, in the street. I, no, and... it's not yelling. It's not up to just women either. We don't live in a state where this is taking place. I, and I'm, look, I'm not, it's not a lecture. It's, it's genuine frustration. And on the heels of what took place yesterday with the Marjorie Taylor Greene and the revenge porn shit, it, I'm just I, I'm di- I'm not despondent, but certainly fucking sad. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I know if I'm feeling that way, there's got to be, and you, I know you're feeling that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you leading up to, before it was official that Roe, there, you would just start crying about the America that is that is coming to fruition based on decades of Republican strategizing and Republican activism. And there's been a section of America that is liberal and reasonable that has been asleep for it. I don't know. I'm just, just frustrating. Yeah. So uh, one more piece of follow-up before we move on. And that is RFK Jr. testifying today. I think it was like a censorship committee yeah I, big I had tech cen- censorship yeah, judiciary I, committee in the house jim jordan's the chairman yeah so uh, he was obviously grilled on his previous statements about vaccines and some of the racist conspiracy conspiracy theories that he has promoted and in this clip there's going to be a, a brief moment where he during his testimony today before the committee denies ever having been anti-vaccine or he's never made a statement trying to discourage people from taking a vaccine and then it's going to transition immediately into a podcast appearance from 2021 where well i guess you'll you'll just see what happens i have never been an anti-vax i have never told any i have never told the public avoid vaccination the only thing i've asked for and my views are constantly misrepresented our job is to resist and to talk about it to everybody you're walking down the street and i do this now myself which is you know i don't want to do i'm not a busy body i see somebody on a hiking trail with a carrying a little baby and i say i'm better i get him vaccinated and he heard that from me if he hears it from 10 other people maybe he won't do it you know, maybe he maybe he will save that child. And before we were all quiet because we didn't we wanted to get along with our families. We 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 just take endless flack if you talk about this issue. People, you're scared. You're going to get marginalized. In your community that people are going to call you crazy or whatever. But now's the time. Come out of the closet. Yeah, how dare you? out there how dare you accuse robert kennedy jr of being anti-vax when all he does is walk up to people on hiking trails and tell them not to get vaccines yeah and again this is from 2021 so this is just two years ago so you can't point to this and say oh yeah he might have said this you know 10 years ago but he's changed you mean people who want to give him the marianne williamson treatment yeah and this is from the health freedom for humanity podcast in 2021 just in case you want to go you know, find this and and send it to someone who is defending RFK Jr. But I do think it's funny in that quote, he says that he's not a busybody, but then he's admitting that he like walks up to strangers who are just trying to hold their babies and go on a hike. And he's like, hey, don't get your kid vaccinated. It's very dangerous. (laughs) All right. Hopefully, you know, 10 other people tell you this too. So it really convinces you. (laughs) 10 other strangers. By the way, not anti-vax, just a concerned guy who doesn't want you to vaccinate you're this one kid. Yeah. It's not a general statement for everybody. You're right. Uh. So he's a liar and he's going to keep lying and lying and lying. And it's a bummer because I think people generally want to trust someone who, when they're testifying before yeah. a House committee, that they're being honest when they're like, I've never said that I'm anti-vaccine. That's what people put on me. Well, it's the new thing. It's the same thing Bill Maher says. Bill Maher, who for years and years has been anti-vax anti-flu shot anti-science he's now i'm not anti-vax what what do you mean Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's this new 
it's like Donald Trump. I'm not a racist. I don't have a racist bone in my body, except for all the times I've been racist. Right. So House Democratic leader Hakeem Jeffries had a, a great response to this. He came out after the committee hearing had concluded and just kind of let the Republicans have it. I mean, the Republican hearings that have unfolded over the last few days and throughout this entire Congress are a malignant clown show that are not designed to address issues that impact the health, the safety, and the economic well-being of the American people, but instead peddle outlandish and out-of-control conspiracy theories. The notion that Republicans would give a congressional platform to Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who peddles anti-Semitic tropes and baseless, xenophobic conspiracy theories, which together are directed at the Jewish community and the Chinese-American community, is unbelievable, which is why you can't take my Republican colleagues seriously when they tell you that they believe in tolerance. Why would you give Robert F. Kennedy Jr. a congressional platform to spew his hatred? Here's the answer. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is a living, breathing, false flag operation. Wow. His whole campaign is being run by right-wing political operatives who have one objective, try to take down President Joe Biden. That's why Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was given a congressional platform on this week of all weeks because my extreme MAGA Republican colleagues are really not interested in doing anything meaningful to improve the economy, address inflation, create jobs, or deal with public safety concerns, particularly around the gun violence epidemic that are afflicting the American people. I thought that was great. It's also important to note that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is running for president as a Democrat. That's right. And yet, where are the Democrats who support him? I mean, honestly, I'm asking the audience, too. Like, do you know any Democrats who are currently supporting Robert F. Kennedy Jr.? Because during that hearing, Republicans were supportive of RFK Jr. Democrats were the ones who were asking questions that were critical of RFK Jr. So... Where is this Democratic support coming from? And you did a video this week, I think, about some reporting from Judd Lugum that illustrates that RFK's campaign, I think, is funded by Republican donors. The the vast majority of the money he's getting is from not only Republican donors, but Republican donors who've never donated to a Democrat ever in the history of their financial uh, support of candidates. Mm. So it's... This is an absolute conspiracy, dirty trick by Republicans, just like something we're going to talk about later with the no labels bullshit. Um, It is a spoiler attempt to try to siphon off support, siphon off votes from Joe Biden in order that a Republican um, benefit from that. And that Republican would be Donald Trump because they can't win on their own. They need dirty tricks. It's... Um, and, and, and to answer your question, the I don't know any Democrats who are supporting RFK Jr., but I do know some, the same people who are supporting like the Marianne Williamson campaign, mm. like people who consider themselves leftists who just have so much hate and disdain for Joe Biden that anybody else who can raise themselves up as a spoiler, they're going to jump behind. Mm-hmm. And it's all in service to getting Donald Trump elected once again. Right. It's fucking scary. Yeah. We'd love to know what you think. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo, and we would encourage you to do so, to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Moving on. Dollamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. 
So Donald Trump also revealed on Truth Social. You know, the premier social media network, Truth Social. That he is apparently a target in the federal investigation into his efforts to overturn the 2020 election results. And now they're starting to, the media, get some insight into what the possible charges may be. Michelle, good morning. The grand jury investigating January 6th is still meeting. They could return to this courthouse later this morning with a potential indictment of former President Trump looming. CBS News has learned the target letter sent by special counsel Jack Smith to former President Trump references several statutes that could be the basis of criminal charges. Conspiracy to defraud the United States. Deprivation of rights under color of law, which applies when someone uses power to deny constitutional rights. Witness tampering and obstruction of an official proceeding. The January 6th electoral count. That charge has already been used in the cases of more than 300 January 6th riot defendants. In a new campaign video, the former president continues to blast the prosecution, saying he faces, quote, the final battle. If charged, this would be the third criminal case against former President Trump, who suffered a different loss in court in New York yesterday when a judge ruled he cannot get a new trial in the civil case in which he was found liable for sex abuse against the writer E. Jean Carroll. Was that, was that Scott McFarlane? It is. Yeah. I fucking love that guy's voice. Yeah, he has a very <laughs> distinct voice, distinct cadence. Great for reporting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so... I thought it was interesting this week because always we want to look at Fox News, see what the conservatives are saying, how they're responding to the news. And John Roberts, who is supposedly one of the quote unquote actual news people that is supposed to be working at Fox News. That's the claim. He's the, the straight news anchor guy. He used to be the White House correspondent before he was like a chief Washington anchor. Yeah, and now I think he's doing more. Yeah, he's he's in the anchor seat more yeah. often. And in this conversation you're about to listen to, he is with Brett Baer, who again is another one who's supposed to be kind of the straight news person, even though he hangs out at Mar-a-Lago and the whole thing. And I thought this was so funny that John Roberts... In talking about the looming indictment and all of the different legal problems that Donald Trump is facing, instead of talking about <laughs> how that's the problem, like that that he has all of these legal problems, yeah. he made it seem like the real issue is that people are just going to get tired of hearing about it and eventually just stop caring. It's almost like giving permission. Remember, yeah. here we go, to straight news reporters. And just a quick note, because you're going to hear Nikki Haley in the beginning. So they were interviewing Nikki Haley about the the looming indictment. Keep on going. I mean, the rest of this primary election is going to be in reference to Trump is going to be about lawsuits. It's going to be about legal fees. It's going to be about judges. And it's just going to continue to be a further and further um, distraction. We can't keep dealing with this drama. We can't keep dealing with the negativity. She obviously wants to get to the issue. She doesn't want this all to be about the Trump indictments. But, I mean, you got to wonder, at some point, voters become inured to all of this. It's like, how many indictments can a former president and a current presidential candidate face before people say, you know what, maybe it doesn't matter? Yeah, I think there are really two sides of this, and this is where this election is going to be played out on the GOP primary side. And that is the people who say, you know what, I really liked Trump policies, but... I just don't like the chaos. I don't like the baggage. And that's what Nikki Haley is trying to tap into. You're likely going to see Ron DeSantis and Mike Pence and others tap into that. But then there's another side that says, listen, why are they going after him so hard? Why are they doing this, you know? to this former president who we liked his policies we had some problems with him personally maybe but why are they doing it because maybe you know this is their thinking um, he's shaking things up and bringing down the swamp and and you know changing washington and that's why they're going after him and they, at least that's what they say publicly and i think that's where the battle of this gop primary is going to be all right you think he's going to show up on the 23rd you know what? He says he's thinking about it. I bet the spotlight is pretty big. And uh, that's a lot of viewers. I think it would be great to see you on the stage. <laughs> oh, right. oh, my yeah. God. Good to see you tonight at 6 o'clock. You Thanks bet. for joining us today. Sure. Sandra? All right. Let's get to the White House now. The briefing is underway. Karin Jean-Pierre taking a question right now. So they could have cut that early. So they are talking about the first Republican primary debate, which is August 23rd coming up. And I love John Roberts there saying that 
at a certain point, they're just not going to care. They just don't think it matters. Oh, add a, a murder indictment. Oh, that's too many. Now, now there's too many. Now it doesn't even matter because it doesn't matter the seriousness. It's just the sheer volume. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to matter anymore. I love Brett Bear. He's like, you know, oh, this is what they're thinking. This is not what I'm thinking. I'm just, I'm telling you what they're thinking. Yeah. They. <laughs> this nebulous they. Yeah. Just pretty gross yeah he gave him a good line of a good line of thinking in case they were struggling to grasp the viewers they're right. like hmm what should i think about exactly this? That's where what, should i land that is exactly what just took place yeah Ugh. so ron DeSantis also finally making some appearances giving interviews and he gave one to jake tapper on cnn he's an awkward freak is he not well he hasn't figured out fidgety twidgety twiddling diddling uh, maybe not diddling but he hasn't figured out how to manage himself i think and i don't know how that will play with people but typically yeah he was like uh twirling his wedding ring around his finger if you watched it or you watch it back you may notice that he he does seem to kind of struggle to keep some of his nervous energy in check Mm -hmm. which Again, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I do that with my wedding ring. Like, I, you know, I do that. Yeah, but you're not running for president and trying to convince people that you have these special qualities and you can lead the nation. And he should really be able to sit in front of a camera and answer difficult questions without making it clear that he is so uncomfortable that he needs to twitch his wedding ring in yeah. order to to maintain composure. Yeah, the other the other thing about that particular thing of people are, well, I, I do that all the time. Well, if you you don't do it at work while you're talking to your coworker or like what I'm saying is is Ron DeSantis is a seasoned politician who's been in the game for for many 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 years. It's not like a new thing that would make him nervous to talk to a journalist like Jake Tapper, but he's still just a, a fucking awkward weirdo. Well, I do think it is more prime time for him. I don't think he has given a lot of interviews in national news. I mean, maybe, yeah, he's been big time in Florida, and that that is a big deal. But I think now he's starting to sit for these interviews, and I think it is kind of a different ballgame. But Ron DeSantis not doing well in the polls, and one of the things they keep asking these presidential candidates, you just heard it in that clip with Nikki Haley, and yes, Nikki Haley is still running for president, is should Trump be held accountable? They keep asking them, what do you think about these looming indictments? Should he be held accountable? And Jake Tapper alters his question a little bit to focus on if there's evidence, should Trump be held accountable? And still, this is the line that Republicans are taking. If Jack Smith has evidence of criminality, should Donald Trump be held accountable? So here's the problem. Uh, this country is going down the road of criminalizing political differences. And I think that's wrong. Alvin Bragg stretched a statute in, in Manhattan to be able to try to target Donald Trump. Most people, even people on the left, acknowledge if that wasn't Trump, that case would not have likely been brought uh, against a normal civilian. And so you have a situation. Criminalizing political differences. So apparently Donald Trump just has a... A, a political difference of opinion about violating the Espionage Act. That's just a different political opinion about whether or not the National Archives begged and pleaded for months and months and months and months. Donald Trump ignored subpoenas. Donald Trump concealed. Donald Trump said he gave back what he gave back and then didn't give it back. That's all just political differences. That's not him overtly violating the law Mm -hmm. get the fuck out of here yeah well and it's still strange to me to hear these figures i mean chris christie really is the only one who is calling donald trump out directly he's the only one who's choosing to have a different tactic yeah in this in this primary and i don't know what these campaigns are thinking in telling ron DeSantis because you know that regardless of how Ron DeSantis personally feels about this issue, his campaign has come together to tell him what he should be saying on this issue. Just from a messaging standpoint. Yeah, this isn't what he An feels. Yeah, standpoint. it's all about optics. It's all about what's going to capture the party's attention, What what's going to gain him the most support. And I don't know why they think this is the thing that will get, get him the most support well, other it's be- than... It's because they know MAGA, the, the unwashed, low-information MAGA crowd... They're loyal to Donald Trump. They're not loyal to the party. 
it, this is a cult of personality now. Right, but I think that they need to start attacking that directly. Me too. So in, do a, I. in a uniform way, like unify. Yeah. And attack that directly. Otherwise, the party is going to continue to be Donald Trump's party. Yeah, well, so you at least got to try. They're right? treating him like a cult leader that hopefully he'll just die, and then we will. Then we can just act like everything's normal and treat each other like candidates and opponents in a normal political campaign. And and Chris Christie seems to be the only one who's willing to to treat this like a normal campaign and and don't and and not treat Trump like he's some kind of a a godlike figure. Well, one of the main things about Ron DeSantis is he's so far right that one of the main questions about him is how would he even be able to perform in a general election? I mean, he has like an animosity toward the left, toward Democrats that he openly displays. Right. I mean, he's 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 painting himself as even f- more to the right. He's trying to paint Donald Trump as some wacky liberal uh, compared to him and his policies. Yeah. So he's he's very far right. And Jake Tapper asks him about whether or not he's moved too far to the right. Some of your supporters are disappointed that your campaign has yet to catch fire the way they would want in terms of polling. Uh, One Republican pollster, one who is sympathetic to you, I was asking her about your campaign, and she said she thought the issue was you bumped up at the beginning because voters, Republican voters, saw you as a more electable conservative like Trump, like Trump without the baggage. But then they say as you go further and further to the right on some of these divisive social issues that could alienate moderates, suburban moms, etc., Republican voters see you as less and less electable. Uh, what do you say to that analysis? Well, I don't think it's true. I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, I took a state that had been a one-point state, and we won it by 20 percentage points, 1.5 million votes. Uh, our bread and butter were people like suburban moms. Uh, That's Florida, dude. <laughs> That's fucking Florida. Yeah. And look, no shade. Well, a little bit of shade if you live in Florida. You know that your state is not represent is representative of the country as a whole. Florida is even different than fucking Idaho, which is a goddamn nightmare. Yeah, and also, I mean, the proof is not in the pudding because look at how well you're pulling. Also, why is Ron DeSantis invoking pudding <laughs> when he's the pudding fingers guy? Yeah. The well, proof he... is in the pudding, which I really, really like to eat with my fingers. Yeah, he loves it so much. <laughs> he can't get away from it. It comes up every moment he is talking. Wait a minute. There's no time for me to get a spoon? Fuck it. I'll eat it with my hands. Ah, <laughs> pudding, pudding, pudding. We'll do it live. <laughs> So, like you were talking about earlier, these spoiler candidates, which they don't like being called that, <laughs> and that's that's going to come up in this clip, but I know you've been wondering. I know you're like, oh, there are so many people I want to run for president, and I just I want them to get in the race, and I know the main one that the audience is really hoping that is going to enter the race is, of course... <laughs> West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin. You're just waiting for that to happen. Well, I'm sorry to disappoint you guys, but guess what? He's not willing to say yet. Oh, weird. Whether or not he's going to run for president. Wait a minute. So he's doing something that will just prolong his time in the spotlight? I know. That doesn't seem like Joe Manchin. What? Senator Joe Manchin openly flirting with a third-party presidential bid in New Hampshire. We're here to make sure that the American people have an option. And the option is, can you move the political parties off their respective sides? They've gone too far right and too far left. What he calls a unity ticket, many Democrats fear could be a spoiler by siphoning just enough votes from President Biden to help Donald Trump win back the White House. I've never been in any race I've ever spoiled. I've been in races to win. And if I get in a race, I'm going to win. At a town hall meeting in St. Anselm College in New Hampshire, Manchin, a West Virginia Democrat, and John Huntsman, a former Utah Republican governor, made their pitch for no labels, a bipartisan group trying to move the nation beyond its partisan gridlock. Afterward, they sat down with CNN's Caitlin Collins. Right now, people are sick and tired of what they're seeing and upset about all they see is turmoil and havoc, and we can do better than this, and the people expect us to do better, and uh, this is a good movement. They said Americans deserve a third choice if a rematch emerges next year between Biden and Trump. 
should the political, the mainstream political system produce the same results in 24 as it did in 20, in which case three-fourths of the American voters have said, no, not again. We want an option. For more than a decade, the No Labels movement has promoted bipartisanship over extremes. The group, which registers as a nonprofit and declines to disclose its donors, plans to raise $70 million for a candidate in waiting. On Monday night, the group unveiled what it called a common-sense policy book, aiming to find middle ground on controversial issues, from abortion rights to guns to immigration. It's a centrist agenda that sounds downright utopian in today's deeply divided Washington. We're trying to make sure the parties understand you can't stay in the extreme left or extreme right. No Labels has only secured ballot access in Arizona, Alaska, Oregon, Utah, and Colorado, aides say, with the goal of reaching 20 states by the end of the year. Another threat to Biden's re-election bid comes from Cornell West, the former Harvard scholar who is mounting a Green Party presidential bid. He, too, rejects the label of spoiler. I wish they would spend as much time focusing on the plight of poor and working people as they do focusing on the spoiler. I don't even like that category since so many of folk who vote third party don't vote at all. While third party efforts have shown little promise in modern American history, deep displeasure with Trump and Biden have shined a bright light on the prospects this year, mindful of an enthusiasm shortfall facing Biden. Democrats are increasingly sounding the alarm, haunted by Ross Perot's independent bid in 1992, and Green Party runs from Ralph Nader in 2000 and Jill Stein in 2016. Manchin, who has yet to say if he intends to seek re-election to the Senate next year or run for higher office, dismissed such concerns. I'm not here running for president tonight. I'm not. I'm here trying to basically save the nation. I'm just hanging out in New Hampshire for no reason. Yeah, he's trying to save the nation. What? Who does that remind you of? Right. He's just trying to save the nation. I alone. Yeah. So I love that he said his goal is to move the political parties out of stagnation. All Joe Manchin has done is stand in the way of progressive policies being put into place. That's all that he's done. That's what his reputation has been. So He can't even get behind getting rid of the filibuster. Yeah, I mean, all he does is stand in the way, and he right. thinks that he's the answer to getting the political parties out of stagnation. He's done nothing to prove that. Right, with John fucking Huntsman. Yeah, he's done nothing to prove that. And then you have their organization, No Labels. I, I don't know if you caught it in the news package, that they won't reveal their donor list. Right. Okay, so... <laughs> and they raised a lot of money. What's going to happen when Judd Luggum reveals that donor list? Yeah. <laughs> what are What are we going to see on there? It's going to be another situation, just like the RFK campaign, that is has um, dirty tricksters behind it, like Steve Bannon, like Steve Bannon, who's a pal of RFK Jr. And RFK Jr., by the way, going back, just made a statement that I've never talked about my presidential run with Steve Bannon. Not that he's never spoke to him, because there's photos of him and Roger Stone, and it, this is another dirty trick just like the RFK candidacy. Right. And it bothers me when I hear Cornell West. This is this is a line that I've heard a lot from people who are supporting people like Cornell West or Marianne Williamson that they wish that people would spend as much time focusing on poor and working people as they do talking about the third candy third party candidates being a spoiler. And the thing is I will just speak for myself do spend a lot of time thinking about, talking about, worried about, focused on the poor and working people and what policies can be put into place to improve their lives. And we are only going to be further from that and hurt poor and working people if Republicans get into office. Yeah. So that is my main concern. And that is what motivates, that's what animates my criticism for third-party candidates, because they do risk siphoning off votes that then get us someone like Donald Trump. Now, I understand the argument that the left, Democrats, should be proposing policies and doing the work that excites people and gets them and earns the vote. Yeah. I understand that, and I wish that was happening more often. But the reality is there's people like Joe Manchin who, when they're proposing legislation to alleviate the pains, the economic disparities during the pandemic, is like, hmm, well, people are going to be using this money for drugs, so I think we should reduce the amount or put a lot of means testing on here because yeah. people are going to use this for drugs. We don't need people like Joe Manchin. 
making these decisions or involved in these decisions. We want more progressive people to be elected, and we need to prevent, as much as possible, Republicans from being elected. The problem that I have with some of these people, and we have friends who are to the left of us, would call themselves leftists, is that because Joe Man- because Joe Biden, excuse me, himself is not a progressive, they fail to realize that the policy proposals that have been put forth that were scuttled by Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema, as well as Republicans, they were the most progressive policies put forth ready for a vote by Joe Biden that would have been passed uh, maybe in the history of our country. So although he's not a progressive, this has been the most progressive presidency in the history of our fucking country. Mm-hmm. And it's because of spoilers like Joe Manchin, like Kristen Cinema, like the Republican Party, and like Donald Trump that have disallowed it. They've stood in the way. So if we get another Joe Biden term, and look, I'm not, I would much rather have someone else, but who else? Marianne fucking Williamson, the anti-vax, anti-science clown show? No. We got what we got. Let's step forward into modernity with an eye on progress. Mm -hmm. And that means voting for Democrats. That means voting for Joe Biden. Unfortunately, that is what we got. Yeah, and that's a big, unfortunately. What do you think? We'd love to know. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email. We'd love to to have you communicate with the show. Email us, I doubt it, at dollamore.com. It's the asshole of today. Megan Kelly. Uh, so I don't know if she's ever been featured in this segment before. Certainly she's done things that would have her being featured in this segment before. She is indeed an asshole. But this <laughs> this new persona. She probably was during the whole blackface thing. Yeah, yeah. This this, And that's why I just caught myself when I said new persona because. Well, it is new. It's It's extra radical now. Yeah, she has she has become very radical. She's she's a fucking troll. I'm sorry. Go ahead. She's leaning into the right wing commentator that she probably always wanted to be, and she probably has discovered that it's it's making her more money to be radical and lean into that segment of of the audience. And so she talks a lot about gender and and trans issues and if there's a black woman she hates the black woman yeah she's attacking black people on her twitter all the time and now for some reason you know she had this long feud with donald trump because in the debates when he was running for president before he got elected in 2016 Mm -hmm. she asked a question of him during the debates about his previous comments on women like you've called women fat pigs dogs slobs slobs disgusting animals yeah and he was enraged by this comment this is the only rosie o'donnell moment yes and after that, Megan Kelly was getting like death threats and had to hire a bodyguard. And he went on Don Lemon and talked about her period, that she was bleeding out of whatever. And there was like this vicious fight between the two of them. And she she was open about how her family was like scared for their lives. And we'll, we'll get to a clip of her talking about all that. But I want you to hear how different her tone is when we juxtapose these clips. We're going to start with what she's saying now about Donald Trump, which, I mean, prepare for it. But apparently all that stuff from the past is just water under the bridge now. Have a private audience with former President Donald Trump. When he came into the arena, uh, we met just one on one. And, uh, you know, I mean, there were like his team was standing nearby, but he and I got a one-on-one together for the first time in years. And it was frankly great to see him. You know, all that nonsense between us is under the bridge and he could not have been more magnanimous. You know, it's just, the thing about Trump is he commands the room. He walks in and it's not just because he's a former president now, because I knew him before that. He, there's just something about him. It's like an aura that sort of takes over the room. You, 
there's only one person you can look at. I remember when he was doing Celebrity Apprentice and Geraldo was on it and John Rich was on it. And John Rich, I think it was, invited me to a, an event for Celebrity Apprentice. And you went there and same thing. Trump walks in like the whole room turns. It's Donald Trump. Well, even more so now. Uh, he could not have been nicer or more generous and um, had some interesting thoughts about the debates, whether he's going to attend. I wouldn't bet on it. I would not bet on him attending at least that first Fox News debate if I had to put money on it. You know, it's Trump, so he could change his mind. But um, that was my feeling in having talked to him, though he I didn't commit one way or the other. And It's Trump. He could change his mind. He's spineless. But oh boy, that aura. He's just such a strong presence. It's not that you can't take your eyes off him. It's that only one person, there's only one person you can even look at when he walks in the room. Yeah, she's talking about him like he's George Clooney or something. I don't. Or, or that he's like some kind of a deity. It's a weird messianic worshipful attitude. Yeah, like he's not Ryan Gosling. If people are staring at him, it's because they're wondering what is happening with his skin and his hair and he, how is he still standing? He doesn't way, look good. He does not look good. Well, apparently, according to Megyn Kelly, he looks great. In fact, she has questions about his jeans because they're so great. And I have to say, Ron DeSantis, who's obviously in the number two spot right now for the GOP nomination, is 44 years old. He's robust. He's former military. This guy can do it. He's a young man. President Trump, I just saw him at the Turning Point Action Conference on Saturday. That man has more energy than I do. He's coming into the arena. I, I passed by his little table where they get him ready, you know, right before he goes out, just in case he wants a snack. He's got like Hershey bars lined up front to back on the thing. He's got these processed food snacks. He eats McDonald's every other day. He's healthy as a horse. What's going on with his gene pool? Whatever it is, <laughs> I want a piece of it. But despite of all of those choices, he's robust. He's energetic. He's well. He's not falling apart. He's mentally sharp. Um, if it comes down to a choice between those two, I realize there are strong ideological differences, yeah. but I just can't see how the American public would side with the man who can't spit out two words together. Trump's a young 77 and Biden's a very, very old 80 years old. He's a young 77. Yeah. So I'm, listen, I fully acknowledge that Biden does seem like an old man. For when sure. He talks. That is absolutely the case. And I'm, I'm not going to contest that. But I also think there's something to the point that Donald Trump is always repeating the same exact talking points. Like, during his interviews, he goes and retreats to the same talking points that he always uses. He's not able to think on his feet. There's no evolution has taken place. Yeah, he just says the same things. So does that speak to him being, like, robust cognitively and he's so quick? And no, he's just constantly ranting about the same conspiracy theories that he's always ranting about. So... Like being able to stand and walk around doesn't translate into being health healthy, especially when you're shoving Hershey bars in your mouth yeah, and yeah. McDonald's and everything Megan Kelly apparently saw at his table, just the feast of nonsense. What a weird thing to listen to though, when it's clear that her nose is just straight up Donald Trump's asshole. <laughs> I mean, it's she like we've we've had this drop on the show for so many years. And now I'm wondering, maybe it wasn't a guy on a Delta flight. Maybe this was Megyn Kelly. Donald Trump, baby! Yeah, just, what? What in the fuck? Knowing everything we know, knowing the question, the legitimate question she asked during the debate, and the attacks that Donald Trump dispatched her way and her family's way, and now she's like, oh, all that nonsense. All of the things that you asked him about calling women slobs, fat pigs, disgusting animals. And now, oh, he's wonderful and he's going to crush uh, Ron DeSantis because he's so vital and his cock is so hard because he's just a virile man. So let's listen to Megyn Kelly talking. <laughs> sure. The views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollamore are solely those of Jesse Dollamore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. So let's listen to Megyn Kelly talking about Donald Trump. This is from November 2016. She did a sit-down interview with Anderson Cooper when she was promoting her book. And this was after the 
big debate that ignited the firestorm against her where things were really rough for her for a while. The point is, these are not your normal tactics that we see in a presidential race unleashed against a journalist who asked a tough question. I don't think it would have made any difference, but some uh, in reading the book have, have criticized you for not revealing all of this, that conversation you had with Trump before, uh, where you know he talked about unleashing his, his beautiful Twitter on you, um, kind of holding on to that until the book came out. Mm-hmm. Do you think it would have made any difference? No. I mean, do you think if... The Access Hollywood tape didn't make a difference, and the 12 female accusers didn't make a difference, and the Khan family and Judge Curiel, none of that mattered. That my, you know, he mentioned his beautiful Twitter account was going to be a game changer. You know, my approach in this was I wanted to be honest, so I had revealed that I had received some death threats and that I had a guard and, you know, that the level was getting a little dangerous. But I didn't want to make it any more about me. You know, Trump kept trying to make the story about me. And the story was about him and ultimately Hillary Clinton. But in the early days, him and the other Republicans. I didn't, he just, I write in the book in Settle for More that I felt like a human being who had been dropped into a shark tank. And there were passersby looking in, slightly horrified at what was going on. And all I wanted to do last year was get myself out of the shark tank. And it was not going to help to chum up the waters more with, and he did this, and he did this, and here's my reaction to that. I just, I didn't want to be the story. Even, even when he was making the comments, the blood comments, the other things, we didn't even cover it on the Kelly file. Just didn't even want to touch it. So six and a half years ago, Megyn Kelly with Anderson Cooper acknowledging the numerous accusers of sexual abuse from Donald Trump. The Access Hollywood tape, his comments about the Khan family, that being the Gold Star family that he attacked. And I think there were other things that she listed in that list. But but obviously... The racist shit he said about the judge. Well, he's a Mexican. Of course he hates me. Right, yeah. He can't make a a, a dispassionate decision as a judge because he's Mexican. Right. Going down the list of horrible things that Donald Trump did and acknowledging that Donald Trump created a dangerous environment for her where she had to hire a guard and And her husband and her children i've seen multiple interviews with her during this time where she would talk about how scary it was and how difficult it was during this time and it's not to say that she needs to be holding a grudge right but we just know that this has to be a calculated move on her part well because you don't suddenly go from donald trump is a garbage person who has been, you know, accused by multiple women of sexual abuse. He made all these terrible comments. He caused a dangerous situation for me and my children and my family to, oh, he's so robust. And you walk in a room and you just can't help but stare at that beautiful face. His genes are spectacular. Yeah, I mean, it's it's calculated. So my question would be, which is the real Megyn Kelly? Now, of course... On the show, we encourage people to change their minds when when the evidence changes or when their understanding of the evidence changes. So if it's not, if it is the same Megyn Kelly, what changed? What is it that changed and changed her mind about a man she once thought was dangerous, once thought was worthy of asking questions about the serial abuse that he levied upon women? I, well, we know the evidence didn't change. Yeah, of course. What the fuck changed? Because the evidence has only accumulated in the category of Donald Trump being a terrible person. So. In, in the video that I did about this early in the week, I described this as the, the grift is like a tractor beam, just sucking people in. Mm-hmm. And she's now got this burgeoning YouTube career that apparently the $60 million settlement that NBC paid her to go away in the face of her defending blackface in in Halloween costumes, it wasn't enough because she st- she craves the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could you could be perpetually on vacation. Yeah, you'd never have to work again. You could just sit on your money and paint or something. I don't know what do people do when well, they what's don't? George W. Bush do? He paints. <laughs> and she's like, you know what? No, I want to ratchet up the hate against oppressed groups yeah. in this country still yeah megan markle not really oppressed because she's super uber wealthy and and untouchable in that way yeah she spends all of her time targeting marginalized groups in this country yeah. and so it's unforgivable 
It's calculated, and I don't understand how these people live with themselves. And that was, by the way, a cl- clip from where she's talking about the jeans and all that, mm-hmm. and the char- chocolate bars and the fast food. Mm-hmm. That was on with Eric Bowling, mm-hmm. the man who was fired from Fox News for sending dick pics to colleagues. Mm-hmm. And she's on Newsmax with him. Yeah. Like, she, she's not the, I didn't want to make it about myself, Megyn Kelly, anymore. Mm-hmm. She's this new, vitriolic, angry, venomous version. Yeah. Of Megan Kelly. Yeah. Anyway, we'd love to know what you think about this. You can call, leave us a voicemail, 657 464 7609. Email us at idoubtit at dollamore.com. We would also invite you to become a patron supporting this show, producing this show via Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash idoubtitpodcast, choose a tier, see what's involved, and join the Patreon family. We would appreciate it very much. Every little bit, every dollar per month goes a long way. And if we were able to marshal the size of our audience, we really could grow by leaps and bounds and change fundamentally this program. We love you guys. We appreciate you very much. Again, remember, send us your your recommendations for Portland, Maine. We will be there this weekend. We'll see you next week. We love you guys. We appreciate you. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been... I doubt.